Welcome back to the show. My name is Fred K. Schott, and we're about to learn the secret sauce. Yeah, so do you want to introduce yourself and just tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah. My name's uh, Fred K. Schott. I work on a project called Astro, but have been involved in open source for a long time. And so it's a thing I really care about and love that you're doing this yeah, show. Yeah, and I'd love to like this list out your resume of open source. Just real well, then quick. it sounds like a no man's land of abandoned projects. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of open source is like things will they'll be not archived, but this in SEL land for yeah, forever. So it, because of this show, someone will find the old project for yours. So yes. To anyone, create a PR in some old repo. Like, be the first person to touch it in five years. Yeah, uh, man, I have I've got some of those yeah, projects. Sure. Like, people <laughs> sure. will ping me. I just got a, a project from a year and a half ago that I just built and left, and they're like, "Hey, there's an error, and uh, can you help me with this?" And I'm like, "Can you open an issue?" <laughs> He's like, "Oh yeah, sorry, it's first time." Yeah. And what's funny because when I first did my first contribution um, to open source project, I actually emailed the maintainer mm-hmm. the same way this person did to me mm-hmm. because I didn't know how to use GitHub. <laughs> like didn't have an account no I had an account like I found the repo but I didn't know about issues because yeah. at the company I worked for my first junior developer job we used Jira for everything right. like every, everything everything so we never opened up issues and I was like oh issues oh I've heard about these <laughs> right <laughs> it's like that's so cool um, but anyway going back to yeah. your resume I, I really yeah, so Node.js you made contributions there in the past um, I might have one PR but it was probably like docs to Node.js but that was like it, it counts yeah when I started like Node.js was really coming on the scene so I was lucky enough to be at a company called Box at the time yeah I've like, heard of them right in the South Bay yeah the, like right in the South Bay there was this like Yahoo Box and um, oh god I'm playing PayPal I guess we're like all looking at Node.js and I was lucky enough to be a part of that conversation very early in my career yeah, the tonic. I mean, I always think of Walmart as my introduction yeah. to Node.js because they were they were on the speaker circuit like on podcasts, talking about how they did a Black Friday site using Node.js. Yeah. Well, we always had a chip on our shoulder because they like we realized like oh they've been doing this for a while now. Like maybe I mean a while is like probably a year or two, but like we were like a little late to the party when you looked at they were early. Okay, what early other now. projects did you choose to open source? Um, I joined a bunch of projects just kind of by like using something maybe at work or like in a personal project and like doing that thing where I just kind of went way too deep. So yeah. um, if anyone remembers the request uh, package was like number four in the whole NPM ecosystem. Okay. Because there was no fetch, there was no Axios or oh, wow. any of those. Like request was just this like best way to make a request and it was very cool. So uh, Michael Rogers is like a really awesome open source kind of um, old guard person just has been around for a while and I learned a lot from him through that project. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's good people. I've definitely I've met him at Waffle Jazz just around yeah. the corner and uh, so where this is being recorded across the street uh, it used to be like a barbecue place and Dogpatch JS was there a few times okay. and uh, I only know Dogpatch JS since it was over there Yeah, but it's it's not around You anymore. asked me earlier if I'd been to Dogpatch JS. I lied. I haven't. I've been to Waffle JS. Oh, man. Oh, no, All right, sorry. well. That's in the in the show. <laughs> no, the uh, well Waffle JS also. He, I, I met him. Actually, met him for the first time at Waffle JS, as well as everybody else who I've met. Yeah, that was a cool. And then no ecosystem. I mean, free waffles, what? Or not free, but waffles. Yeah. Did you go when it was Donut JS? Maybe. No, I think it was waffles. I think it was squarely waffles. Yeah. Okay. Towards the end, like 2019, they switched to donuts because they were they needed something vegan friendly, oh. and the waffles weren't vegan friendly. I've had vegan waffles and they're not good. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure that I agree with that decision. Buckwheat yep. flour. Anyway, we don't have to go into uh, waffle talk. Um, so yeah, we've done a bit of open source. You contributed. Uh, but I actually, I want to talk about what you're working on right now. 
which you're working on Astro. Yeah. Astro.build, mm -hmm. uh, that's actual URL. Yep. And uh, so what is, what is Astro? Um, Astro is a really cool way to build websites. So kind of unique from Next.js and Svelkit and all the kind of like cool JavaScripty frameworks. We're really focused on like content sites. So if your site is mainly about getting content like to the user as quickly as possible, um, that's like our bread and butter. So we get to make a lot of decisions because we're optimizing on that. Not so much on like building full dashboards and apps and really stateful things like you're building a blog, a marketing site, an e-commerce site even. Yeah. Like that's our bread and butter. So it's a cool way to like make trade-offs that no one else is really doing right now around performance, developer experience. Yeah. Uh, it's really fun. Yeah, and it's like a it's a space where so when I got into oh, actual space. Astro. <laughs> yeah, it is space. Excellent. Sorry. I mean you're looking for your tagline, that might yeah. be it. <laughs> space it is. But um yeah, so like I, I came from a time where I had an iPod, listened to tons of podcasts, Squarespace is is another space. Is a sponsor of the show? Yeah, I don't it could be Squarespace, reach <laughs> out. Um oh it could be sponsored by Astro, wink wink nudge nudge. <laughs> um but yeah, so um Squarespace was like the my introduction to building websites again, because mm -hmm. in high school I built like Dreamweaver sites, yeah. and that was like we learned we learned in, literally in high school we had a web design class. I, I lucked out that we actually had that in our, our curriculum, and so I built a bunch of Dreamweaver sites, learned uh, that, uh, toyed around with ActionScript, learned JavaScript, sort of like how to copy and paste to do stuff. But really, at the I got to the point where it's like jQuery. But what I'm getting at is like Squarespace became the introduction to like me getting back into building websites. Okay. WordPress also, it was in college, it was like the, the go-to if I wanted to create a blog, because that's what you were, if you want to make content on the internet, um, a blog was needed. Uh, so I'm thinking like Astro, y'all have like, there's, there's a space there for being the gateway into, and you know, actually we had a, a podcast episode, I think we went into detail on this, on like people are now learning how to code yeah. and build websites on ways that we, we had to like, we had to like sticks and stones and like, yeah, we, and, and rocks. There was a magic to that. Like just yeah. being able to do whatever you wanted versus now it's like I create your like JSX file, that's your app. And then like you need a state machine already, like a state service. And yeah, like the, the, the sticks and stones were pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. And so I have a site, hotopensauce.pizza. Uh, it got started in Astro. We've since moved to React and Veep. So we, 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 How could you do that for me? <laughs> Uh, we did we did way too much uh, like JavaScript at the point, but the thing is that we got the thing up and running in about a couple days through open source contrib contributions, uh, and primarily everybody who walked in was like, I tweeted out and said, "Hey, I'm building a project. Here's a design because like I just knew how to do Tailwind, so like here's a design. Um, if anybody wants to contribute, like here's the the, the proof, like make a contribution." Yeah. Uh, got on a plane to go back to Florida for the holidays. And I had I already had like someone built out the framework in Astro, nice. and uh, it was it was React components. Um, but then they like they just read a couple docs, yeah, and then got it all good together. Well, so there's two cool things about Astro that like we hear that story a lot. Like we're even working with a design agency now on some new pages, and like they're like we don't know Astro, but we know like HTML and CSS. Yes. It's like that is literally Astro is meant to be kind of the same way Svelte tries to be this, like a superset on top of HTML. So literally any HTML snippet is a valid Astro file. Like that's our whole component syntax. So you can like literally just be like, no, no, HTML on its own is fine. We will like handle that. And then if you want, you can opt into React components. It sounds like this person brought a bunch of React components into yeah. that. And it, like we kind of in a lot of ways where like a lot of projects will say, you're living in JavaScript. Don't look at HTML. JavaScript makes HTML. You, it's bad. Like it's this bad thing that we make. 
Um, instead, yeah. we like let you kind of blur the lines between them in a really interesting yeah, way where and you can use both. The, the flexibility and the way we approach it, like we were easily, so like adding in Vite after the fact, because mm -hmm. I, I, does Astro run on Vite? Yeah, we are yeah. internally powered by Vite. Shout okay, out yeah. to Vite, very cool. Yes. Yeah, so it, it running on Vite, so we're like, hey, let's test it out and we'll add Vite or add, create a branch. Like created a branch, like, oh, it actually works. And then when people were adding components, like I created a bunch of like pure Astro code and that was all I did with like the guts. But then people were like, oh, let me just like sprinkle in yeah. a little bit of React component here. And I could see this where like in Svelte specifically, because you mentioned it, like there, it's really, really intuitive for animations. Um, so if I wanted to like do like a spinner or if I wanted to do like some some random animation thing that I know I know how to do in JavaScript or in Svelte, like I can just sprinkle. And then, which is like, the, that's what the, the jQuery, what the, the MO or the, the tagline, it wasn't what they said, but everybody would say, like, oh, just sprinkle in some jQuery and yeah. then you've got a site. So like that's, we, there's a lot of value to that. And it doesn't have to be like literally writing like raw JavaScript in jQuery, which is what they did and jQuery is awesome. But the new component model, like we're all thinking in components now. That's kind of the bet that Astro is saying. It's like this component model is the thing that we like from the last 10 years. Let's let you sprinkle in components instead of random functions and side effects. Like yeah. sprinkle in your little React islands, we call them. And, yes. Or Svelte or Solid, whatever you want to use. And that's like that should be your page. The most of it is HTML. Not something that you need to worry about hydrating and running and being super yep. expensive on the client. So yeah, it's and really it's fast. What I like about it right now, and I didn't mean to go all those details in Astro, but uh, I love for prototyping. So like I build this app all the time, uh, working at GitHub, my former day job. And uh, I build, like you log in with GitHub, it's just a button, you log in with GitHub, it tells you what user number you are. So based on the user ID, that's like your I user. I think I've used that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've used that before. Yeah, I've, I built it a couple times, yeah. uh, and like historically, since I've been working at this company. And in Astro, it's trivial to like have that sort of componentized to sort of talk to the JavaScript, get the, the return or just hit the H like this fetch, yeah. like hit the API request and you're good. And then when you do well, use things like, um, like Netlify with their functions mm -hmm. now, like yeah. it, it, you don't even have to have JavaScript just like natively in your components It's now the functions powering it, hit the actual HTTP, well, HTTP request. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you find out your user number yeah. and you're good. And, uh, yeah. So like I, my job previously in DevRel was always focused around how can I show something really quickly? but like build it on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I love about Astro. Yeah, you could do that in Astro with like basically HTML template and then like a little bit of JavaScript at the top of your file. And it's like, these are all languages that we all know by having to learn them to do React or to do like, yeah. instead of getting started with like eight different technologies, you're just getting started with the basics and then adding on through Yeah, Astro. and it's almost like you're going a different direction than most people are going where you're just like, you have a framework like a Next or even like a Redwood where you just have everything or Prisma's included in there and you got testing included in there. But with Astro, it's just like, if you have HTML templates or if you know how to do CSS, yeah. like you could be really, really dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> well, and, yeah, our take is that like the everything that we're doing is the platform. So what Next and Svelte and Redwood are all having to recreate across all of them is routing, like that basic like build output. And instead we can be that, but then you bring your Svelte or your React or whatever you want. The view component, like why are we building routing into the view component? Um, in some ways it really helps, but in other ways it's like we're just recreating the best router for React, the best router for Svelte, the best router for every ecosystem. Yeah, cool. Uh, so I want to take a step back because we, we got deep into space with, with Astro, but I want to talk about how we got to Astro because you've had a couple different startups and open source projects up until this point. So can we, we, can we stock, start briefly at the Pika package yeah, and what sure, that was? Because sure. I know it was like it was a... 
I know when I tweeted out, I think it was um, uh, Jason Ektovich, who is at, still at GitHub, uh, he had like dropped into like Slack and was like, hey, this looks very cool. Like you announced it. Oh, nice. And we're like, oh, okay, what is this? Yeah. And, and that we had the question of like, what is it? Like we were trying to figure out what it was. So like what, what, what was Pika package? So Pika unapologetically didn't know what it was. Like that was okay. almost the point of Pika was like, because you got to go back, that was like 2016, 2017. So yeah. like ESM at that point was even still maybe not totally new, but like the idea of a browser supporting like the import statement or the export statement was like pretty revolutionary. So Pika's whole thing was like, this is going to be really cool. Let's figure out what it's going to look like. Yeah. And we like, it was unapologetically just an umbrella for like cool experiments. Okay. So there was Pika pack, which helped you build packages with an ESM focus. Um, Pika web became Snowpack, which is very Vite like, um, the CDN became Skypack. Like there's all these early seeds of ideas that we were really excited to explore through that project. Okay. Cool, and then so out of the out of the ashes, you you did focus on Skypack and Snowpack. So like, how did that work? Because eventually you like rebranded the the project publicly to Snowpack. Is that correct? Uh, I think Sky Pika. It was kind of like our our like graduation was that like okay, this cool experimental phase is over. We think that there's something really cool here in the CDN. Like the idea yeah. that like the same way that we all use jQuery CDNs for jQuery. Yeah. What if we did that for the whole NPM ecosystem? And this is still a good idea. If anyone wants to do this, I love the idea. Is it but, still open source and like sitting there? Skypack was never open source. This was like the first thing okay. of like, could there be a company powering this and pushing this idea forward? Okay. Uh, at this point, we probably should just open source. But there's a ESM.sh is a new version not of, heard this, of that one, open yeah. source. It's really cool um, doing what Skypack did. So okay, people cool. are exploring the space still, but it was that idea of like, why wouldn't import React as a statement actually pull from a CDN? And like, there's no more NPM install. It's all yeah. being streamed down from the web. It was, it still is a really cool idea. Okay, but it's it's a cool idea, but you're not working on it anymore, right? It's a cool idea that is like still a little too early. Yeah, um, it turns out a lot of packages want to be built locally and want to like, there's just not tooling there for it yet. Yeah, Deno is doing a good job. Oh, yeah, really yeah, cool. Deno, so they're yeah. they're probably the leading like charge of this now. Yeah, I would I, honestly, I've never talked to the Deno folks. As of yet, and I would love to like if you're listening, reach out to me. But DMs are open. Um, but so I, I want to pause real quick and then like talk about the community that you're building around things like Skypack and Snowpack. Is like folks were using it, and they were using it for quite a bit of tooling. Like I think my my Twitch bot still is powered by uh, Skypack. Oh, cool. Yeah, nice. so it's pointing yeah. pointing directly to something that's hosted on the CDN. Uh, so let me know if you ever take it down, because <laughs> that thing is going to break. Yeah, it's, uh, we're trying to figure out what to do with it now. There's a lot of good other options there that people are really working full time on it, so. Okay. Yeah, uh, we, we should chat. <laughs> yeah, very cool. It's never going away. That's the nice thing. I mean, like, that's a commitment. When you put a URL and say, use this URL in production, yeah. the URL's never going away, but. Yeah. Um, yeah Unless you get acquired by Google. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still would like. I I will personally fund that project until I die, and then have like a contingency. I will yeah. find robots to replace that. <laughs> okay, cool. So now now you're at Astro. So I saw the excitement of Astro on Twitter um, early 2021, like end of 2020. People were kind of like Astro this and Astro that, and like I want to build something in Astro. And like I was doing a lot of uh, these streams on the GitHub stream uh, on Twitch, Open Source Friday. And we would just talk about like what are cool projects that are you looking forward to in open source, and Astro would come up a lot. And uh, so, you how did you make the decision to go from Snowpack, Skypack to Astro? So Snowpack, I mean, is a really quick story of it's a really cool technology, and then Vite just did it better. So yeah. if you use Vite now, like 
I'm not saying like we get no credit. They did a great job. They did a better job than we could, but yeah, we saw them taking that story much further than we could. So that was a natural kind of okay. You guys could do that. But how do you decide to like an open source stop? Like, I guess you, you had a business yeah. behind it, so maybe you're just like, you know, this is actually taking too many resources. Was that what you're? No, it was. It was a long. I think only like two weeks ago, I actually put that like notice on the red the readme. So it takes so like open source takes a while to die and. I think it is like your responsibility as a maintainer to like, if you're not looking at it, like put a notice somewhere. Don't, we still have people on our discord being like, Hey, like what's the best way? And like, I wasn't really active there and I never did a good job building too much of a community around it. So okay. there's no one to really fill my shoes. Yeah. I mean, it's, if there's no community, it's kind of helpful because then it could die silently. Yeah. But I don't know the, the, yeah, the notion of like knowing if a project is dead or is it active, if it's vibrant, it's actually what we're trying to do at open source. And uh, like, I want to walk into a project and find out like, were there any contributions? Uh, which is funny because like, if you look at open source right now, and I'll show you this too as well because so I pulled a Bastro, but if you see open source, we've got a bus number of one <laughs> for every repo. A uh, bus number? A bus. So like, if someone oh, someone gotcha. got on a bus and never came back. <laughs> that's the analogy. Yeah, yeah, your bus factor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah bus right. factor. So I'm, I'm the bus factor of one on the hot repo. Sure. Uh, and then my repo has been sitting open for the whole week, or sorry, my PR, and I only do one PR a week, basically. Uh, but if I look at the other one, uh, we've got one person contracting and helping on the flagship product, and uh, also bus factor of one. Uh, and I should probably grab screenshots of these in case we want to. You should, but I mean, like, so Snowpack is a perfect version of this, because if you look at Veet's bus factor, I'm sure, like, out of the gate, they had, like, it just seemed like a huge community, because Evan has a view community. Like, there was just this huge... And Snowpack was always kind of... Yeah, so we have, who, who's this person? I don't know. Making contributions? Yeah, uh, and that's exactly, yeah. and that's the thing that... This uh, is the graveyard view. <laughs> the graveyard. And that's the thing that I, I like about this is because, like, you can actually see actual folks in, in frequency, which, like, we can, we can bump this up to 120 days to see if there's, like, more contribution. But at the end of the day, like, I just want to walk in here and be like, like, can I make contribution? Yeah. There's obviously two people I can reach out to. Yeah. If I'm like, hey, I need help. And I won't reach out to you because you're not <laughs> exactly, writing code. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's uh, super helpful for, for folks to walk into a project and be like, oh, here's a contribution. This is happening. And it's like the hope, the future is like we want to provide these insights of like what churn looks like, what contribution looks like. And then for project maintainers, like you can open up these dashboards and be like, oh, uh, we're, like, we're slowing down. Like we could probably do some engagement or get some reviews or ex ex whatever. So what I'm getting at is... Uh, Talking about community uh, in in uh, Snowpack, but Astro, like how is the community main maintained today? So we all kind of as like the core made it. So the nice thing about having that time to work on Skypack was we also built a team at the company that could kind of work full time. So coming out of the gate at Astro, we had basically a full time effort to build this project and take everything we learned from Skypack and Snowpack and really wanted to do it right this time. So yeah. Snowpack had been like a lot of weight on my shoulders so that if I moved away, like really inconsistent contribution. And Astro was like really just like super consistent. Like we were all in the Discord every day and had this kind of cool like hacker mentality of like you couldn't even join our Discord unless you opened up your console log, I think, on the main website. It was Wait, like, how did that how did, how did that work? <laughs> you had to open up your dev tools and look at the console log and there was a link to our Discord there. Uh, there was no button on our site. Oh, so it was just sort of like a, what do you call it? Speakeasy? Yeah, a little bit of that vibe <laughs> of like the people who got there were like excited to have found it, like, and we were excited, yeah. like, oh my god, people are actually looking. There was like a little message. Was that was that intentional, though? Yeah, I think we knew it was early. Um, okay. We knew it was too early to like make a big deal about it because we were still trying to figure out what it was. 
Um, and so it was kind of like, you know, if someone finds a site, like here's a little bit of like, not a manifesto, but like a couple paragraphs about what we're trying to do. And if that speaks to them and they find our Discord, like we want them to be here because we want their feedback, we want their energy. Yeah. And it's all grown from that. Yeah, that's that's interesting of because like most of open source, like you think you, and I don't think this is actually true, but most people think, oh yeah, I get tons of stars, yeah. tons of forks, I guess, I don't know, or hearts. Uh, it's honestly, it's most people don't really think about contributions. Yeah. So like when you have like the rah, 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 like I'm going to write code or I'm going to make contributions this month. Yeah. Um, it's very like, it's transitory. Yeah. Like where I, I'm here for the minute, but I'll never be back. Yeah. And what I love about like even tools like Orbit, like they, you can connect with your community and know what's happened and sort of stay connected, hopefully stay connected. So and there's even something about like that. You like people come in and then they leave. Like open source is, it's people are here because they want to be. Like there's no one like you know besides the core staff that we have now because we've been lucky enough to raise money to support the project. Like everyone who's in that community other than us is there because it's a community. It's there because you know it's work that they have able to like bring responsibility into and get responsibility out of. Yeah. Um, that was like my first projects I've ever worked on. I really enjoyed that sense of like ownership. Like, I think I might have mentioned this when we yeah. were chatting last time, like being like some junior developer at a company where you're like the bottom rung and then you like close your work laptop, open up your personal laptop. And now I'm like lead maintainer of the request package number three on all of MPM. Like I was, it was a lot of just a, I don't know, I really love that feeling and I've tried to recreate that yeah. as much as possible in this community. Yeah. I mean, it's wild you bring that up because like in open source, I mean, there's a barrier of entry where you kind of have to know like the, where to find a discord link <laughs> if, the, if it's hidden somewhere. Uh, but it is some sort of like, there's no rules. Yeah. Like, there's not. There's no rules for how do you maintain, how do you draw community, how do you contribute, how do you yeah. cut releases. But people figure it out as they go along. And I think if you learn, if you spend enough as like sort of apprentice, like you mentioned earlier, Michael Rogers, like showing you the ropes, yeah. like you learn enough that you're like, oh, this is how you cut releases. Yeah. <laughs> this is why NPM is so popular. It was all cargo culted. Like, yeah, there was no book on any of this. Yeah, and, and honestly, like, it'd be great to have a book, but I, I just don't know if that book would be useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyone can, can, like, that's the thing. Like, if you, I don't like, the, can, the contribution I have, like, of open source has been so rewarding for my career, not just because I ended up making a career out of it, but, like, you learn so much faster like in yeah. work I don't know like in my work I was always like I felt like there were a lot of like structure in place and this was really unstructured like you can kind of be a jerk in open source and then people will tell you like yeah. you'll either you'll either feel that you're not getting like progress and you realize that you're the reason like maybe you chose a bad project maybe they're yeah. bad maintainers but like I always was like, I think I learned a lot more about how to work with people through open source because everyone was just there because they wanted to be so people are really quick to be like kind of choose decisions that aren't about making you feel better or like will be kind of quick to be like, hey, like that's not the right way to communicate this like yeah. to a team of people who are there for fun, not because your ego's you know, yeah. involved now. Yeah, I mean, it's the, it is the sort of cargo cult, like you figure it out as you go along and like there's so much value in mentorship. And like the thing I've always been considerate of is like I, I have a, a very strong, diverse community that follows me around the stuff I do. And I'm constantly trying to introduce them to other communities. And like what open source has always been, it's been the centrifuge of like, okay, you really make open source contributions. Like we don't have much here for you, but like we're gonna kick you back out to other folks. That's cool. And other projects. Cause like things like this, what we're doing here, we're making that connection yeah. so that like, we're, we're just gonna pay attention to releases and, and your insights. Yeah. And then be like, oh, you know what? You know who's actually doing a good job? Astro. Like they've got this issue. And it was a thing that we had that we actually came to, the point where 
it was a point really where I had to decide, is this going to be a serious VC funded back project? Or are we always just going to have like fun side projects? We have day jobs. And that was a point where we decided to go like this way or that way with the hot open sauce that, uh, pizza project. And we had specific contributions that we wanted to make back upstream to Astro. Uh, and I had to make the decision of like, okay, should I do this now or should I go talk to VCs? And what was great is that I had a community to have this conversation with and they're like, well, what's your bandwidth? Like yeah. you're making contributions. And at the time, two of my biggest con contributors took full-time jobs uh, at really, really good companies. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need like people to help me out more regularly because yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's great having the folks who worked with me for six months and built out what I have today. Um, but at the end of the day, like I've now I'm, I'm converted one contributor into someone who's working with me full time. Well, currently part time. He'll be full time in the future. And uh, I've got a whole list of other folks that I'm going to convert into like community and, and engagement yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, congrats. It's, it's an exciting part. I mean, that's like. Oh, I feel like I had a really good thing to say here, and I've just lost it. Maybe it wasn't that good. <laughs> Man, that was a good, profound statement. Uh, yeah, let's can we cut that. Edit in, just you know, uh, we'll just we'll just freeze it in the edit and like, just um, dump it over. Uh, I guess it's lost. Oh no, I, I, what I was gonna say. Okay, we can fix this in post. <laughs> um, the uh, we went really early on an RFC process, which I think is a pretty maybe not revolutionary, but like this idea of even if we were pitching ideas to each other as like the core maintainers of this project. So like there's about five of us now that are like core maintainers and like essentially like trying to have like a technical steering committee idea of like these are the people who are like really know the code base and really kind of if it comes to it can make a final call on decisions. But we're not just like in a secret room on Discord making decisions and then pushing PRs. Like there's this whole RFC process which we've like documented, standardized, and we all have to go through ourselves to get anything through. And I think that's been really helpful because I'll have bad ideas. Like I get a ton of feedback through that process yeah. where I could have gone much quicker and just done a PR and like maybe even a commit to Maine like in the early days. Yeah. But pretty early on, maybe like a couple of months in, we had adopted this process. That it's, it's gotten more formal as time's gone on, but yeah. I find it really useful to have a, you, know, you can't pass go, you can't collect $200. Like you gotta go through the steps and get feedback. Yeah. Where'd you get the RFC process from? How'd you develop it? More cargo culting. Um, I think we borrowed most heavily from views, but Vue is based there's on React. I think React is there's on Rust. Like there's this whole like yeah, it's uh, folks are learning yeah, from yeah. each other. Yeah, and I find that with the uh, so I learned Ra Ruby on Rails was my first framework. Ruby was my first language, and I've seen so much like the term car cargo culting that you you've used a lot. And like I, I like we maybe we did titles something cargo culting, <laughs> but basically. Um, a lot of the Rails community have split off to go do other projects. And that same success that they saw in the early days, like the mid 2000s and early 2010s, uh, is now repeated. So like things like Prisma, Prisma's ORM service and like the sort of connecting directly to your, your MySQL, your, your um, Postgres, right. like that is very much a Rails Railsy way to approach right. it. Right. Oh, interesting. And uh, I've, I've talked to Johannes a couple times about it. I can't remember if he was a Rails dev back in the day, but he's he's done a couple startups and projects and prolific at open source. But like, you just go borrow from. Yeah. Like, so it was kind of like what you've been doing with like Pika Package and Skypack. You borrow from the success, and then you oh, you've totally, been yeah. building what you what you have today. Yeah. I mean, Pika is like the what was Snowpack. The whole thing was like Webpack has done a great job leading us through the last ten years. And now it's time for something new. But that only can happen because Webpack existed. So yeah. we were always in this place where I think we were like maybe a little meaner to Webpack than we should have been. But it was always from a place of like 
just total respect that like web development has gone to this place where the, the npm there's a million packages like how cool is that but yeah. then we were like kind of like a little bit i don't know we were kind of the rebellious group yeah and it, you, rails i'll, I'll yeah. just say like because rails is actually i don't know if there's a point you meant to make but yeah i'm going to take it and spin into my point um, i'll go for it <laughs> dhh will just like push stuff to rails like i think they just added tailwind because dhh was like i want to add tailwind and now like tailwind is built into rails like really or something I, I, uh, it's like I'm a template i'm sorry um it, it might be like it's like jquery was like default as well yeah um so it was like a template so it's the gift and the curse where like maybe that's the right call in which case like wow that happened quickly and like maybe it wouldn't have happened maybe an rfc process would have stopped it yeah. but like also maybe it's the wrong call and there's no one to say that that was the wrong call yeah. So it's, it's, I don't know, there actually isn't really a right answer. Like, there's just two different ways of doing yeah. things. But I, I wanted to also talk about this uh, sort of rising for the ashes and talk about growing community, because uh, that's what I want to title this, this episode. Um, <laughs> not Rails and what DHH <laughs> not, not does. Not DHH does, uh, push directly to the main branch. Pushing to main is bad, question mark? But would you say the way you've grown, what your community exists today is by having the core group of folks that you sort of discovered that showed up that actually went through the hoops to, to sort of show up? Well, so it's a weird, it's a weird kind of, I don't know what the word is, but like it's both, that's like super true and also super incorrect, which is that, the, <laughs> I don't know why that sounded so mean. No, you're right. It's um, uh, your story. <laughs> um, the Astro community couldn't have grown without that natural, just kind of like it's slowly grown. And I think we've created new processes as we've grown. We've changed our channels around like a thousand times. Like, we couldn't have jumped to the size we are now, and it, like that just never would have happened. The people who we started with are probably the minority, if not like completely removed. There's really one or two people from like the early like first six months we were still hanging around. And I think that's that natural ebb flow where like because people are there because they want to be. Like I don't still work on the request package. Like yeah. it was really cool for a time for me, but then my interest changed, my kind of time changed, and I stopped you know supporting it. So. Again, it's the push-pull of open source, which is just that the, like, people are there because they want to be, and you have to be okay with people being excited about your project, wanting to contribute, but then naturally interests change, and that's yeah. a part of it. I had a, so going back to Johannes, I just talked to him um, not too long ago, uh, and we were chatting around. He thinks of himself as a really good starter, like a good idea person, uh, get a project off the ground. Um, and I, I, I'm also very similar. I can get a project off the ground, but I'm horrible at maintenance <laughs> and horrible at like, you know, cleaning up stuff. Yeah. And like, I'm, I could do operations, but I know very quickly, I need to find someone else to do that for me. Uh, so like all my projects, I, if someone picks it up and wants to be like my number two, like yeah. in the project and like keeping it going, like, oh, this is so good. Otherwise it's like, oh, I forgot I ship code over there. Yeah. So until somebody asked a question. <laughs> so it's also like kind of understanding like the personas. Yeah. Because, uh, like, if someone's really good at, like, hey, I, I can actually implement Vite for this project for you, or I know how to write tests, or, or whatever the thing is, like, people, if they understand their skill set up front, they could provide that value. And, like, when, they're, when the job's done, like, and they could learn a new skill or move on. Yeah. It's hard finding, like, and I've been in this spot, like, how can I contribute? Like, I just want to contribute. I love this project. And I want to contribute. How can I do that? Like, it's hard for me to answer that question sometimes because it's, like, there are things we want, but, like, I don't even know how to describe like there's and that maybe a roadmap would help here but like yeah. that idea of like how do you support someone who comes in and they just want to help but they need direction other than like here's a bug or a good issue it's like how do i actually bring someone in to feel the ownership to feel like they can actually make progress and are contributing value um it's a really hard i don't know if anyone's really solved that super well yeah how big is uh how big is astro today like uh full-time employees 
Um, Astro, so the, we, we make the distinction. There's Astro, the open source project. We have about 20 maintainers, five core maintainers, and a huge community. And then the Astro Technology Company was founded in January of this year, but really came from Skypack, and that is currently at six. At six? Okay, interesting. So are the maintainers contracting, getting paid or anything like that? or are they just... Yeah, everyone of that six full-time, and we bring people in from our community. If, like, there's um, uh, Sarah is an amazing uh, technical writer who came into our community, and we now contract with her to help improve our docs. If you've seen our doc site now versus like two months ago, very different. So she's been doing a great job leading that project. Yeah, how did you how did you connect with Sarah? Sarah found our project. Yeah, Sarah came in. I think wanted to use it for something, and then again, like, it's just a fun. I don't. Know, I, I don't want to speak too much of like our community is really fun. Like we do a good job yeah. of doing events every week. We are super. Um, I think something that I did really wrong in Snowpack was I would just leave the community for like weeks. Like, because I wanted to work on something else. Like, I only had so many hours in the day. And coming into Astro, we've really tried to be much more, like, consistent and just available and present. So having fun in the community with our people who are there by choice because we want that to be a fun environment versus I've seen plenty of just, like, abandoned discords or abandoned or discords that don't really have the people working on the project. It's more like a fan club. Yeah. I think you can kind of bring people together much more, but you have to be present. You have to be yeah. consistent. Yeah, that's a... Uh... That's interesting, too, as well. You mentioned events. You all do yeah. pizza parties? <laughs> no, yeah, pizza parties, slumber parties, camping trips. No. Um, we're, we're trying to do more. What we do do every week really consistently is a community RFC call. So that RFC yeah. process I mentioned where we actually work through ideas, trying to combine that with also just like if you have something you want to talk about, an idea, you want to get help, like trying to leave a little space at the end to like just totally be about our community. Okay. Um, there's a couple of people in our community, like Ben Holmes, who I think you've had on your show, yeah. um, is awesome. He is um, doing a weekly live stream, mostly about Astro. Um, Fuzzy Bear is a member of our Discord, great name. Um, he does a, like This Week in Astro, which is mainly in our Discord. So oh, there's nice. a ton of just like cool things happening. Is that, that, how did they do that in the Discord? Um, is it like audio only? Yeah, we have a public audio video channel, so people can jump in, record oh, their screen. Genius. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's like having that sort of platform for folks to... Not promote their self, but promote the work they're doing. Because yeah. some, sometimes people can come to me for a lot of stuff in my community and be like, oh, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, or I want to write a blog post. Like, write the blog post. Yeah. Like, let me review it. I'll give you all the tips and tricks. Because, like, we went from, for the, the flagship product for open source, we are switched from Webpack to Vite. And the project's been around since 2016. So, like, we have, we've done every flavor of Rails since then. Or Rails. <laughs> Every flavor of React is a Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll convert to Rails pretty soon. Yeah, the React to Rails <laughs> conversion is, yeah. is coming strong. But yeah, every, ver uh, every flavor of React uh, between like higher order components to now using hooks to now we use style components. So that's been the constant of our, our, pro our, our project so far. But someone converted it to the V and they're like, hey, I just want to try this out. And I'm like, well, could you also like they did a really good PR. And in the description, I was like, yeah, this, you're like halfway to a blog post. Could yeah. you like make this a blog post? Yeah. And uh, so he did that. And uh, <laughs> Again, I, don't know why, from the I don't know why it's uh, <laughs> thumbs up, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he did that and um, he wrote four, a four-part series of a blog post. And it's like the series that uh, one of the guys who works on Vitest, or I think it's Vitest, yeah. and whatever, the however you say it. Community <laughs> Vite, Vite, Vite. I did talk to I did talk to Evan. He said it was Vite because it's a French word. And uh, vu, or view, is actually a French word, but they don't use their pronunciation. Oh. Yeah. I never understood. I thought literally just the letter V. I don't know, another yeah. V word? <laughs> no, yeah. they're both, a they're lot of sense. Both V words oh, um, so are French words. But so the person who maintains, uh, one of the maintainers on Vitesse, um, points to that article series. 
as like how to convert from Webpack because no one did it. Yeah. Like everybody was really excited. And most people, what they do with new technologies is this greenfield it. Yeah. And we went through the process, well, I was like, oh, sure, it's a side project, converted to, to V, and like we loved the fact that we did that because like we basically like checked the box for like future-proofing the application. And uh, now we have a, a blog series. Um, even what you just said about like you, we haven't figured that out, that like so much of open source contributions are pushed. Like the person wants to contribute, yeah. and then they either find it, figure it out themselves, they just do a PR because there's no community to kind of pull them in. We don't have a really good way to, I don't know how to do pull. I don't know yeah. if anyone's really figured this out of like, you saw in that moment, like, hey, this is almost like, I'm gonna pull you to do the next thing. Yeah. If you want, like, you don't have to, everyone's here because they wanna be, but like, if you wanna do this, this would be really cool. And like, yeah. you're now adding energy to their work. They're bringing energy. Like, it's hard because it's so hard to repeat because there's no one size fits all there. There's no formula, I don't think. Yeah, but. yeah and that same en engineer who did that contribution in the blog post also got pulled in to start doing some live streams with one of the staff engineers at Netlify. Okay. And then also got their full-time job, which is also like, it's just a pathway of like, hey, I, I know how this works. Yeah. I don't have the time to do this. I did this. This is how I got my job and my career. Like, it's just an amazing pathway. And I'd I would love to document like that kind of stuff for folks to sort of walk into projects and be like, oh, yeah, this is how I yeah. can become an open source maintainer. Oh, my God. I love, I've, it was the best thing I ever did for my own resume, not because it was like, this cool thing that has a brand name that people know, but more like you can look at my GitHub profile. It's not just green squares. It's like you can see me working through a product. Like you don't need to interview. Like maybe you should still interview me, but like you can see how I communicate. You can see how yeah. I work with people. You can see how I respond to feedback and take feedback. Like it's not even about the green square at that point. It's about you see me at like doing work. You see me doing engineering work. You can get a, a peek into my life if I joined your company. And that was what I always yeah. thought I could kind of communicate with that work. I love it. That's why we're more than green squares at open yeah. source. <laughs> just a little layup and then got it. <laughs> yeah, I just totally dunked that one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I started laughing at the end, so I probably ruined that, that clip, but your clip would have been awesome. Um, yeah, so I want to wind down too as well, and like, let's talk about like, how folks can get involved in Astro, how they can use it. So like, what are places that people can find those sort of hooks into your community? Yeah, um, our Discord is no longer hidden. It is very visible, and we are very um, excited to have anyone. Um, I think we're at 4,000 members and really trying to grow that. So um, Discord is, yeah, everything's on our homepage, astro.build. Um, but our GitHub has a bunch of, we really try to document everything. So there's a governance process, there's a kind of getting started, there's all these ways that you can contribute. Um, I'd say like not even through development, like I'd say most people actually come in, the majority are looking for things around the edges. So ecosystem, yes, like ESLint, prettier, like things around the edges. And our doc site is getting a ton of love because again, it's not about building like, I need to know the Astro code base to build this. It's like, I know I need to know how to build a site with Astro. And, there's a ton of amazing contributions happening in our doc site. So Excellent. There's something for everybody. It's a really fun community. I'm really happy to be a part of it just myself and really proud of what we built. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for chatting with us. Astro V1 <laughs> coming June 8th. <laughs> yeah, so you heard it first here. Let's get saucing. The Secret Sauce is a podcast produced in-house by OpenSauce, the open source intelligence platform providing insights by the slice. If you're in San Francisco and interested in being a guest on the show, find us on Twitter at SaucedOpen. And don't forget to check out OpenSauce at opensauce.pizza.